0: Amen, good to be here this morning, good to be in God's house, feel his presence and his spirit, and um, I want you to turn with me this morning to Ezekiel chapter 37, Ezekiel 37. I want to welcome, like Becky did, all of our visitors and tell you it's good to see you in the house of God with us this morning. You could have been a lot of places, but you came here to be in service, and we're grateful that, and honored that you're here to worship the Lord with us this morning. And um, you know, um, we see people, and they're excited, they're running around the building, and you think, what's going on? I want to tell you something. These people, I'm telling you, every one of us in here, but some God just delivered them of great addictions. He delivered them of great depravity. We've all been, uh, the Bible says, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory. We've all sinned. We were born into a life of sin. Anybody that tells you that they didn't, they're wrong. They're absolutely wrong and incorrect because you can tell there's a sinful nature and a damic nature in a two-year-old kid, two-year-old little child you take two kids and put them in a room together and put one toy in there and watch the, watch the, uh, the fur fly. You know, they'll fight over that one toy. They'll slap each other and everything else because that's the nature. But when Jesus comes in, he changes your life and he brings you from death to life. He brings you from that curse of sin into a, a life in Christ Jesus of blessing and um you know this morning as you see people excited in the Lord it's because God's brought them from somewhere. He's brought them out of a life of 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 sin and pain and turmoil and trouble, of bondage, of captivity. He's brought them out of that. And they've got a reason to shout and praise the Lord. You know some people don't ever praise God. They don't have nothing to praise God for. You say pastor, you shouldn't say. I'm telling you right now, I got a reason to praise the Lord. This morning, He saved me, amen. When I was at my darkest and lowest point, He saved me. He delivered me from addictions. He delivered me from lust. He delivered me from the bondages of sin and death. He delivered me. So I got a reason to praise the Lord, to raise these hands and to glorify God. Amen. Why do you raise your hands? Because it's a sign of surrender unto the Lord. When that police officer holds that gun and tells you to, to, to that you're about ready to be arrested or you're going to be arrested, put your hands in the air. I'm telling you, whenever you submit, you put your hands in the air. It's a sign of submission. It's a sign of humility. It's a sign of surrender unto God. That's why. And Paul the Apostle said, lift up them hands without wrath or doubting. Amen. And praise the Lord. Give Him glory and honor. It's alright to be free. We we shout and all this other stuff at games, but we come to church and we stand there like this. Let me tell you something. One day we're going to stand before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're going to stand before the Almighty God, amen, the one who breathed life into our bodies and gave us a living, made us a living soul and gave us breath and life. We've we've got to praise the Lord, amen. We've got a reason to praise him, but even if you say, I don't have something fresh to praise him for, well, praise him because he's God, amen. Praise him because he deserves to be praised and worshiped. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 37, I want you to read with me, we're going to read 14 verses of scripture here and then we're just going to preach it here a little bit today and uh, in Ezekiel 37 verse 1 the Bible says this and let's pray over the word of God before we read the word. Would you stretch your hand this way and pray that God will help me today because I need all the help I can get. Amen. Father, I thank you today for this great privilege to come. It is my blessing. It is my privilege, Lord. It is my desire to worship you, to please you, to honor you, to be used of you as a tool in your hand and as your vessel. And I pray today, Lord, that you'll use me as your mouthpiece to speak a word of life. God, to speak truth, to speak something that will spark faith. And each and every hearer today. And I pray for your spirit to move God among us this morning. And let the Holy Ghost have His perfect will and way in our hearts and in our lives, God, that we'll leave this place, Lord, encouraged and changed by the power of God. We'll be challenged, God. We'll receive the life that we need to receive, God, that will bring us up out of that valley of death. And Lord, we'll give you all the glory and honor for you deserve it today. Help me. Father God, anoint these lips of clay. Let me speak as you would have me to speak and I give you all the glory and honor today in Jesus' most holy name, I pray. Amen and amen. Mm-hmm. Now in, in uh, Ezekiel 37, it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And He caused me to pass by them around about, and behold, there were m- very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry." And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O oh, ye dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. Oh, that's what God wants to say to you today. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Listen to what He is saying to you. This is your life today. This is how you're going to make it today from hearing the word of the Lord. And He says, Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I love that word, behold, because it causes us to step back and just take, a look into something and say you know what wow God did that yes God did that God changed you behold he said Paul's praying my God Paul was a man who was murdering people in the Bible he was being he was being used by the enemy as a tool to to persecute and to begin to bring affliction and persecution and death unto the people of God but one day God got a hold of him Amen and he found himself in a place where he was praying and he told Ananias Behold Paul is praying so when we see that word behold it means step back for just a second and take a peek at what God can do and what God Amen uh, you know is able to do and powerful to do and he says Behold I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall Is it possible? Yes. Yes. And I will lay sinews upon you. And will bring up flesh upon you. And cover you with skin. And put breath in you. And you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Ezekiel said. And as I prophesied there was a noise. And behold a shaking. And the bones came together. Bone to his bone. And when I beheld lo. The sinews and the flesh came upon them And the skin covered them above But there was no breath in them Then said he unto me Prophesy unto the wind Prophesy son of man And say to the wind Thus saith the Lord God Come from the four winds O breath and breathe upon these slain That they may live So I prophesied as he commanded me And the breath came into them And they lived and stood up upon their feet Exceeding great. Great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried and our hope is lost, but we are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them... Because not only does God want to bring you alive, but He wants to give you a word of encouragement and let you know prophetically what your destiny is. And He said, Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Hallelujah, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up... out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you and you shall live and I shall place you in your own land then shall you know that I the Lord have spoken it and performed it saith the Lord my God my God what a scripture What an awesome scripture. I don't think there's a greater passage in the Old Testament about resurrection. And I'm not just talking resurrection life or resurrection from the dead. That one day as the Bible says the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up to meet Him in the air. In 1 Thessalonians 4. But I I I believe that it's more than just what's going to happen at the final analysis of it all or final end of all things upon this earth whenever the, whenever we rise again as the Bible talks about but I believe it's resurrected life here and now. I believe and know that we can operate and live in the resurrection power and that's not just a message that we hear about on Easter Sunday or on Resurrection Sunday but every day the life of God should be lived out in you and I and we've got to know we can live we don't have to die we don't have to be in a place of death but we can live we should live so jeremiah if you read the book of jeremiah prophesied of israel's judgment but ezekiel prophesies of their restoration in this passage and many others now i just want to say here for just a second. That there are three views of perspectives in this particular passage. The one view is God's view, the other view is Ezekiel's view, and the third view is the view of the dead bones that are out there in that valley. Amen. So, as I just wanna break this down a little bit here and, and just share with you what I feel like God wants me to say today. I may have preached this before, but every time it's new and every time it's fresh. Amen. If His mercies are new every morning, every time He speaks from His Word, it can be new and it should be new and it's fresh unto you. And so today, receive it for where you're at right now. And when I see this and I read this, I see God's perspective. I see His perception. And uh, God sees a nation with whom He loves. His people with whom He has covenanted with. Aren't you thankful for the covenant that God has made with us through Jesus Christ? Amen. We don't have to die, but we can live. He said, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but... Have everlasting life. Amen. I'm so grateful today that he covenanted with us that we weren't redeemed with, with uh you know corruptible things such as silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, we were redeemed today, amen. We've been redeemed for a purpose, for a reason. God redeemed us so that we could live and we could be an example of what God's glory really is, the glory upon somebody life that's been redeemed and washed in the blood so his people he has a nation with whom he loves his people with whom he has covenanted with his peculiar treasure a nation that represents his name i was reading in ezekiel 36 And if you read Ezekiel 36, and I want to read a short portion here, but in verse 19, the Bible says that He scattered uh, them among the heathen and they were dispersed, talking about Israel, through the countries according to their way and according to their doings. He said, I judged them. And when they entered unto the heathen, whither they went, they profaned my holy name. They profaned my holy name. That is something you don't hear a lot of people preach about. But we need to be very careful not to profane His holy name. Not to take the holy things of God and make them profane. Amen. Your service, your faithfulness, your worship and everything unto God ought to be with everything that is within you. Are you hearing me today? It ought to be with passion. It ought to be with fervor. It ought to be with... With life. It ought to be with a vehement desire like nothing else in your life. God's trying to bring us back to a place where everything we put into our worship, we put into our praise, we put into everything that we do. It was Abraham Lincoln that said, I don't want to hear a preacher that's not Preaching like he's fighting bees. Amen. We need to be people that have such a passion. And we realize we got a God. A God in heaven. Who's not theoretical. But he is real. He is real. He is real. (sighs) He told them. He told them. He said when they entered into the heathen. Whither they went. They profaned. My holy name. When they said to them, These are the people of the Lord and are gone forth out of His land. He said, They profane my name. He said, But I had pity for my holy name. I want you to know something today, church. God's going to have a church. And He loves you and I. And He cares for you and I. But equally or greater than even you and I being His peculiar treasure and his redeemed possession. He's got a name that he's trying to uphold. He's got a name, not trying, he is. He's got a name, and if one person makes it into glory and says, I crossed this finish line, I ran my race, I kept the faith, I fought a good fight, and they arrive on streets of gold, Calvary was worth one person because God has a holy name that he is out to uphold so it's more than just you and I it's his holy name it's his reputation it's his name it's his glory amen and the Bible says he said I had pity for my holy name which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen, whither they went. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the heathen, whither ye went. And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which you have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle, he said, clean water upon you, You shall be clean from all your filthiness and from your idols. From all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart of your flesh. And will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. God sees a nation. And he said, wrapped up in that nation is more than just what he's doing for you and showing compassion and love and redeeming us and extending mercy unto us. But he's got a name. The Bible says, amen. You hear that? His name. His name is very important to God. His name is very important. And he keeps his word, amen. He keeps his word, he keeps His Word and he, and, and he made a covenant with Abraham and He's going to continue to keep that covenant all the way up to you and I. Amen. Thank God today. That ought to make you shout. But the very life of God in Israel and in us brings Him glory. Sin and profaning brings death to our life. What it does is it brings a cutoff. Amen, because I can tell you, you're not going to trifle with God. You're not going to hustle God. Amen. If you want to go your own way, He said in Romans 1, He said, I'll give you up to a reprobate mind. You'll be given up. He said, but but those that name the name of Christ, I can tell you, they've got the blessing of God. They've got the, 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 the very uh, host of heaven behind them. They've got all the grace, all the mercy, all the blessing. Those that name the name of Christ. There's those that want nothing to do with God. They're on their own, but you and I, we name the name of Christ we're believers this morning so God's view is to raise up a sanctified body to bring glory to his name his holy name that's why he wants to sanctify you and I so this nonsense of you come to Christ and you just live any way you want to, that's a lie. I have this saying that is just etched in my heart. You know, people say, I've been saved. I said, you know, if you're saved, then live like you're saved. Because by saying I'm saved, you're saying I was saved from something. Or saved out of something. But God didn't send His only begotten Son, the very treasure of heaven, to come down here, to hang on a cross, to die and shed His blood for you and I. For you to just live any old ungodly way and say I'm a Christian because I want fire insurance. Fire insurance. Yeah, people come. They say, I just, I, I, don't really want to live that kind of godly life, but I don't want to go to hell. Well, I can tell you it goes hand in hand. If you're saved, you're going to live a godly life. You're not going to live some slipshod kind of a life. Amen. There's a lot of people that add Jesus to what they are. They put him on as a badge. But I can tell you, when you stand before God, you're not going to hustle God. You either had faith You either were you he either knew you or he didn't. He said in his word, Jesus said this. He said, There's gonna come a day when people are gonna stand before me. And one of two things is gonna be said. Either, enter in, thou good and faithful servant, to the joy of the Lord. I wanna be a servant that he can say, Enter in, you've been faithful, enter into the joy of the Lord. I don't want to be the one that he says, Depart from me. I never knew you. As he said, on that day, there's going to be those that are going to say, did we not prophesy? Did we not, you know, cast out devils? Did we not lay hands on the sick? Did we not do this? Did we not come to church week after week? Yeah, but did you know God? Or were you just dead wood sitting on the church pew? Amen. You know I'm telling you the truth. And folks, I going to tell you something else. I'd rather have a prophet or a preacher in my face telling me to live for God and to have somebody pat me on the back and only care about what I put in the offering. Amen. I don't care what you put in the offering. I don't care what comes through this church because I'm going to tell you right now, my source is right above me. Amen. It's heaven. It's God. It's God. He's my source. And I'm not here to criticize anybody. What I'm saying to you is simply this. I don't want to be moved by what people give. That's why I've always asked anybody that was doing the finances, don't even tell me who gives and who doesn't give. because. And Becky knows I'm telling the truth because I don't want to stand before you and preach and say something, you know, know, generated or motivated by what somebody else has done as far as giving but you got charlatans you got hirelings and I'm not a hireling amen I'm a shepherd I'm a shepherd that loves his sheep and I've come today to tell you I want you to live I want you to live now we're getting to this valley of dry bones but God's view is to raise up a living, sanctified body to bring glory to His holy name. Amen. The, de- the dry bones represent a life dead in sin and trespasses. Perhaps even a life that once was and is now backslid. Also a very defeated life. Because God didn't call you out of a life of sin and death for you to live a life like you're dead. But He called you to live a life like you're alive. <laughs> a life of what used to be is that valley of dry bones. Because, you know, there's people lost and dead in their trespasses and sins. And then there's people that were once on fire for God. They were alive for God. And today they're dead A life of what used to be is that valley of dry bones. For Israel, it was 70 years of captivity. Think about it for just a moment. They, at one time, were one of the greatest nations. In Solomon's day, there was no greater nation. Amen. David was one of the greatest kings. You know, even whenever they didn't even have a king, they didn't even have a tabernacle, or I shouldn't say they didn't have a temple tabernacle built, That was a fixed structure. God was always with them. And everywhere in the known world knew that. They knew that. Amen. They were scared to death when they crossed over into the Jordan. And the the, the people of Jericho, oh, Rahab said, we we know exactly who you are. (laughs) Even though we've isolated ourselves and we've built a wall around this city. We know exactly who you are. We know exactly what God did in bringing you across the Red Sea. That's why they got a wall and a fortress around this city because they're scared to death of you and the God that you serve. God was always their defense, always on their side, always meeting their need. Amen. A life of what used to be a people. That at one time saw water come out of the rock. Saw manna come down from heaven. Forty years in the wilderness their shoes never wore out. Their clothes never wore out. Amen. Think about that. We got a generation now that wears worn out clothes. (laughs) That in itself... Isn't and you can say, Well, oh, Pastor, you're just an old fogey. I'm gonna tell you something right now. Lily Knoll said it best. She saw a worship leader. He had more holes than he had denim, okay? On the platform. And she said, Wow, she said, Where'd you get those? He told her where and she said that they were expensive. He oh, almost hundred dollars. She said He said, this is a style. She goes, I have a question for you. Yes. She said, how do you know when they're wore out? I guess you make a pair of shorts out of them. Why are you saying that, Pastor? Because that is an indicator of what has happened even in the world. What the church is is what the world becomes. Where there's no life, it carries over. See what you and what a lot of people do not realize is where the church is spiritually and their standard and where they stand and where they are and their faith and and you know, the standard of what they hold in holiness and morality, it affects the world. It affects everything, it affects government, it affects everything. And, and, you, and, and so you see that. You, 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 there's a lot of people going through the calisthenics of religion and motions of religion. But there's no life. There's no life. Amen. There's no life. Let me go on here. Let me go on here. Because I don't want that to be said about us. The dry bones represent something. A life of what used to be. For Israel it was 70 years Before that 70 years happened where they were in captivity, they were a vibrant nation. They were were going downhill because of idolatry and because of their ungodliness and embracing the gods of the heathen nations. Of heathen nations. But it was a life of what used to be. A remnant nation that forgot who they were. Some people in the house of God forgot who they were in Christ Jesus they forgot what they could have in Christ Jesus from the pulpit to the back door it's a picture of any one of us I was dwelling on the fact of whenever I was at Jared Jenkins conference in February Brian McDonald was preaching and I don't really remember a whole lot of what he said but one thing that he said smoked me in my heart and I had to go to an altar and cry out to God and he said he was talking about the early days and how he said I'd walk Walk out of my door and go through the woods and go up I don't know a quarter of a mile or whatever and go up to this place where there was an old tree stump I believe and he would pray and he would cry out to God and he said every morning I'd go up there a new Christian a young preacher a young evangelist and he said what I found out was after so long there was a pathway amen there was a pathway that led to that place of prayer that place of communion it was a it was it was there was no grass there anymore it was just a dirt pathway and he said I went there and he said you know it was sometime I think he went back where he grew up and he walked back over there and there was grass over that pathway and God told him he said you used to go out there you know God knows how to subtly remind us you used to go out there and you'd spend hours and hours in prayer and in the word and seeking my face and worship but now grass has grown over the barren place Where there was dirt because you paved that way, church. We and he said, I looked at that and I had to weep and say, God, that's what I used to be. I may not be that today, but that's what I used to be, church. We've got to know that what God did in us in an area of our life, He isn't calling us to diminish from that, He isn't calling us to lighten on that, He's not calling us to come back or to back off, but to press in, amen to press forward and to continue because what it took to get the victory in our life is what it's going to take to keep it. It's so easy to become lukewarm. It's so easy to leave your first love. You know, just for a second, don't just feel like you're the only one. God spoke to all seven of the churches through John the Beloved and said, tell them you're caught up in Balaamism. You're caught up in in Jezebelism. You're caught up in the sins of the Nicolaitans. Perversion. Manipulating God. Prosperity to the degree that that's all you preach about. Or you've... Becomes so rigid and so stoic. You're standing upon the old foundations. Praise God. But he said you don't love. You've left your first love. And he comes to that final Laodicean age. And God is on the outside. And he's knocking on the door. Trying to get into his own church. Dead bones. It's so easy to learn how to preach. And forget how to pray. It's so easy to say, we know how to market, we know how to get out, we know how to do the street ministry, we know how to do programs, we know how to do all of these things, but we forgot how to pray. Because I'm going to tell you, just look at the situation with Ezekiel. God took him out and carried him out in a vision, in a vision. He had a vision. And so you've got to see this from a spiritual realm. We see things in the natural, but we don't even realize that dead people are walking among us everywhere. And the only way that we're ever going to see it or begin to speak to it or pray for it is whenever God shows us through a vision of what's really going on. Amen. 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 You know, I did not understand why my wife would go to those clubs or why, you know, she felt so directed. But through prayer and seeking God, God led her to go and to minister and to pull those treasures out of that darkness. Some say, what does she do? She's a part of a ministry called Treasures. And I remember when she told me she had a dream and she said, I, all I saw was that in bold, uh, like a neon or, or blinking letters, treasures. And she said, I, I'm, I've got to go. I've got to go and minister to these women in the clubs. And I've got to. And at first, you know, me and all of my religiousness. Because you don't realize it. You don't realize it. You don't realize it. I don't realize it. But a lot of times we're more religious than we think. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm working on a, I'm working on a message right now. I'm, it's, it's, it's brewing. It's cooking. About how uh, Zachariah, John the Baptist's dad, stood in an altar and didn't even know the voice of God. Listen. She said, I've got to go. God put that in her. She saw what I didn't see. She saw what other people didn't see. And she said, let them snicker. Let them laugh. Let them say, oh, she shouldn't be doing that. She has no business going in there. I'm going to tell you, somebody's got to go. Somebody's got to go. Amen. And she's got a heart for them. And God gave her an anointing, a powerful anointing. A strong and powerful anointing to to begin to minister to them because as God uses you, as you step out, God will begin to bring the power and the provision for what you need for the moment. You know, we're always wanting God to anoint us so He can use us. Why don't you just start being used or step out and He'll anoint you. I told her, I'm not going to the prison back in 1995. And then God changed my heart. And Angela said to me, she goes, what are you going to say to them? I said, I don't know. Robert didn't tell me why I say anything. He just told me to go and sing with my guitar. So I took my little guitar that somebody gave me that was 20 years old. And I walked in that prison scared to death in Chino. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Robert and Trudy free us. Amen. We're walking in. And I walked in. All I heard was that clink, clink, clink. I saw them men over there that had muscles coming out of their earlobes. I'm walking right behind them, almost holding on to their, their, their belt buckle. And I go, what is that smell? And Trudy said, it's sin, brother. Just keep walking. But little songbird went in there with his big old hair. Oh, and it was big, let me tell you. My shirt buttoned up to the top. No tie. No belt. But I had my guitar. And I started singing. At my worst, he found me. At my worst, he died. And men with tattoos across their face there was nothing on them. There wasn't a patch of skin that didn't have a tattoo on it. Stood there in that auditorium and just wept. I watched them just weep. Just stand there and weep just as they stood there. Stood there and wept and wept. God said, until you step out. He said, I have no reason to anoint you until you step out. <laughs> you want those, those dry bones to live? First thing you got to do is you got to see them my god this was an army Amen. i'm talking about the dry bones it was an army that lost its ability to do and to work i'm still staying on where we're at not being what we should be but i'm going here listen to me i want to give you some examples david was first to war at one time yet he found himself walking on the wall when the kings go to war and the next thing you know he's committing adultery with Bathsheba stay close to god be about your father's business, or you'll find yourself with an idle mind and doing something the devil wants you to do instead of what God wants you to do. You know, I'm telling you the truth. Paul told the Galatians in Galatians 5 7, You did run well. I was reading in 2 Samuel chapter 4, and Ishbosheth was killed in bed at noon. The, the 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 king of Israel at that time. Of course, I know David was king over Judah, and he never touched Ishbosheth, which was Saul's son. But but Ishbosheth, in his taking ease at Zion and saying everything's all right, was killed at noontime. You know, I'm going to tell you something. And there's a lot of people that disqualifies too in our midst. But we need to awaken from our slumber. Because we sleep too much. Come on now. Some people say, I don't get enough sleep. Well, you're, very, you're, you're an exception to the rule. Because we're in a lazy environment. It's a day of lackadaisicalness. Amen. A can't even get people to work. Can't even keep. Come on now. There's business owners are like, we can't hire people. There ain't nobody applying. I said, what are these people doing for, to make a living? How are they eating? I mean, I know my stimulus money didn't last very long. I don't know how theirs is lasting that long. I think I paid my tags with my stimulus because it was so high. Not the stimulus, the tags. Man... Becky's talking about being taxed for everything. I said, we're taxed to death. I'm surprised they don't tax the air we breathe. Well, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm trying to make you think. People asleep and they wonder why they're spiritually dead. Look, I know we all need rest. and I'm not up here to beat you over the head. I'm here to tell you that the devil will lull you to sleep. And watch you sit there and die spiritually. He said, how long will thou slumber, O sluggard? That's Bible. In the book of Proverbs. A little folding of the hands. Poverty will come to you. If you're not careful. Poverty. He said, you did run well. You did run well. People die because of spiritual laziness. And they take their ease at Zion. The fact... That bones had to come together only speaks of brokenness. And I want to talk to you today before I close. I've had people say, I feel so stuck in a rut. I feel helpless. I feel hopeless. I want you to know in verse 11 of chapter 37, this is exactly what Israel said. Then, said, then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried Our hope is lost. We're cut off for our parts. You know, I want you to know something today. You're not cut off. Because God sees something and knows something that you don't. You know, there's a discouragement, I think, that comes sometimes. With people that are really truly seeking and searching God for change in their life. And God revealed something to me. showed me something that I want to share with you today. Because you know we have a responsibility to walk before the Lord in faith. We have a responsibility to mortify the deeds of our flesh. The Bible says that we're to crucify this flesh they that are Christ, they that name the name of Christ, those that are born again, you're to crucify this flesh. It says it in Galatians. It speaks how we're supposed to live a separated life. And anybody that says that, you know, that's extreme or whatever, they need to get right with God. Because what they're saying is contrary to the word of God, we're supposed to live a life separated from this flesh in this world. We're supposed to live a, a consecrated, crucified life, okay? That's what he said. He said in in Romans 12, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, perfect, acceptable, perfect will of God. That's the life we're supposed to live. Sometimes people get discouraged because they do their part, but they don't realize that God's power and grace has to be involved in that. I shared this the other day, and it went over everybody's head, but I'm going to say it again. We're to crucify the flesh. Put those feet, and you can put those nails in that feet, in those feet, okay? Okay? like Jesus was on the cross. And then you get one hand over here and you take that right arm and you nail that nail into that left arm. But guess what? You can't nail the third hand down. Only God can do that. So we are to do our part We crucify this flesh. We fast. We pray. We seek God. We turn from those things. And there are things that only God, by His power, only God's going to, I mean, He's the deliverer. He will deliver you from it. He will bring you to that place where all is crucified. Amen. By His grace. By His grace. People say, it's not works, pastor. I'm going to tell you something. I realize it's not works, but faith without works is dead. We do have something that comes from our life and a responsibility and a participation or cooperation on our part. I'm not making it works. What I'm telling you is that there's things that we crucify in our life and there are things, amen, by God's power that he brings death to. He puts that final nail in the coffin. That's, I'm just telling you right now, God will give you the strength and the power to die to yourself and He will also breathe life into you to bring you alive again. Because that's exactly what He wants you to do. He wants Jonathan to die so Christ can live. He wants Kevin to die so Christ can live. He wants Philip to die so Christ can live because there's a lot of times Jonathan is, you know, trying to live and God says, I want you to be dead. Amen. I want Christ to be alive in you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying you literally get on the cross. Jesus died for your sins. You have to die to them. And so our hope is not lost even though we feel it's lost. We feel we're in a rut. You know, you do your part, God will do His part. Take note of verse 1. The the prophet said God carried him out. The hand of the Lord was upon me and he carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley that was full of bones. Carried out in the Spirit. The hand of the Lord was upon me. God uses Holy Ghost filled men and women and as much as we got to hear the word, Ezekiel had to speak it. So, what am I saying to you today, church? Recognize, amen, as God shows you a lost world and He shows you, you have to be the answer to speak to them. Of course, it's God living through you, of course, it's God's power spoken through you. But that's why He said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world. You got to see the harvest and then you've got to go and reap the harvest. There's people dying going to hell. There's people hurting. There's people broken. They need a voice from God to speak. Oh. You know, I just want to tell you and I'm I'm as guilty as anybody else. We're so predictable. Because whenever it's something that, that about what God has done for us, we get so excited. We're on our feet. You shout the preacher down. But the moment there's a challenge thrown at your doorstep, everybody gets quiet. What? See, because what this means is I've got to get along with God. I've got to get a word from God. I've got to get a vision from God. And then I've got to go out and see what he sees. And then I've got to do something about it. But what do we do? We just want to come and worship God. That's all I want to do. I just want to come to church and be a member. I'll come. I'll help. I'll paint. You know, I'll do this. I'll clean the church. I'll do. But, but that's all I want to do. I just want to come and enjoy. Why, preacher? Why are you in my rearview mirror? Why are you in my rearview mirror breathing down my neck? I don't want to do all of that. Let me tell you something. You have to do that. It's our responsibility. Freely you have received. Freely you must give. How will they, somebody told you, somebody told you about Jesus. You wouldn't be here had they not told you about Jesus. You wouldn't be here had they not spoken to you and prophesied unto you. Those dead bones can live. Somebody spoke to me. That's why he said, Paul said, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. How horrible is that? That I wouldn't have the desire to go and minister the word of God. We're living in one of the times, the greatest times in history. The greatest times when God is moving. Amen. And God uses Holy Ghost filled men and women. But you got to hear the Word of God and you got to speak. And the question comes, can these bones live again? Can they live? You know, there have been times, amen, because of where I was living at, something that seemed difficult or demonic or seemed impossible was right before me. And, And I actually shrunk back. I'm telling you the truth. I'm just being honest with you. I'm just being real with you. Don't come up and go, well, pastor, you know, you should never be unbelieving. You're the shepherd. You're the pastor. Let me tell you something. You go through times too where you don't have faith like you need to have faith. And there have been times I thought, my goodness, I don't even feel like I have enough power or enough faith or enough of anything of God to even say these bones can live. But God is asking that question. Can they live? Do you believe they can live? And if you don't have that kind of faith that says yes, God, I believe they can I can tell you you're out there in that valley that's what separates you from being the prophet with a vision and being the person that's dead in the field God confronts us with dead situations and we must bring life to them prophesy life life Into them. Prophesy. Prophesy. Speak to them. Let me give you an example. This guy right here, he got in, he was serving God about six months. And I didn't see him for two weeks. And I said, That's enough. Where's he at? I found out he was at the house just as big as Dallas, I think it was 9 o'clock at night, 9.30 at night, I pulled right down there in front of the house. Philip, come out here, come on. He knows I'm telling the truth. He got in that car. I just, I mean, it was just defeat, just unbelief, just failure, just everything. Doesn't matter what happened. What What happened was the enemy began to go for his, the juggler. No faith, no strength, no hope, nothing. And I just began to speak to him. I said, you will live. You will get your backside back in church. You understand? You will get right with God. We're going to pray right now. Amen. 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 I'm a running engine right here. You may be dead, but we're going to put some jumper cables on you, buddy, and we're going to jump you back to life. And he remembers it and I remember it because the Lord spoke to me and he said, are you going to fight for his life or are you just going to let him float on down the river and die? Are you going to fight for him? Are you going to get on your face and fight for him? And so I went over there because at first I thought, you know, people are like, I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to see nobody. And I said, I don't care whether you want to see me or not. I don't care whether you want to hear me or not. I'm not going to sit here and let you die spiritually. God has done something. Can these bones live? Yes, Yes, they can and you're going to get up from here and he's here today seven, eight, ten years later serving God the bones can live if you'll prophesy to him and you'll hear the word of the Lord they can live can we see The need of the harvest. Can we believe God can do it? The tragedy is the church operates in theory. Well, this is what it says in the book, theoretically. What's it doing in your life? Amen. I can tell you, you can be an overcomer. You're called to be an overcomer. You're called to walk in victory. You are called not to live in defeat, But to live in victory doesn't mean you're not going to be confronted with something. That's why He said, cause them to uh, begin to speak the Word of God to them and let them hear the Word of the Lord and begin to prophesy that the breath of God would begin to be breathed into them. Amen. Right now, there's people sitting here and your pastor is breathing. He's prophesying the life and the Word of God to you. The question is, will you hear the Word of the Lord? will you stand up and say I'm going to live because I can tell you God is trying to raise up an exceeding great army. He's trying to raise up the people that live. He's trying to get you to breathe. And begin to have his breath and his life. Church, come on today. God's speaking to you. There's folks in here. You're dead. You're dry. You've been wasted. You say, I need God. God is saying to you, stand up and live. He's saying, stand up and believe me. Stand up and receive the breath that your pastor's breathing into you. That God's speaking to you. Almighty God. My God, my cut, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. He said, Prophesy. Hear the word of the Lord. 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 Stand up and believe God. Trust Him today. You can live. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my God. My God. Stay standing. Don't sit down. Because God wants me to say something before we leave today. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, He does. Yes, He does. Because there's people in here. You need a miracle in your life. You need an absolute miracle in your life. You need healing in your life. You need a miracle in your family. Your marriage is falling apart, and don't nobody know it. That you need a miracle. You need God to breathe life into you. Amen. Today is your day. He brought you here for that reason. Amen. Maybe you're going through something where you just seem you can't get the victory. God wants you to know you got to hear the word of the Lord. You gotta get up and believe. You gotta trust him today because he wants those dead bones to live he wants him to live he wants him to thrive my God listen listen to me listen to me Years ago, I fell and hit my head. I woke up in the hospital. I laid there, bleeding on my brain, two cracks on my skull. And as I laid there and they gave me up to die, they told my wife, calling his family, God stepped into that room. Are you hearing me today? This is not theory. This is my testimony. This is the testimony of God and His healing. And as I laid there in that bed, I laid there on my back and God God said, how many people that I ever spoke to and told them, take up that bed and walk, got up and lived. I said everyone that got up. He said, if you want to live, get up. Hear the word of the Lord. Stand up. And walk. And I did. I got out of that bed and I began to walk. And God healed the cracks in my skull. And He stopped the blood on my brain. And He healed my broken body. If you believe that today, if you believe He did that for me, His Word declares He'll do it for you. Step out of your seat. I don't care what you need. I don't care where you're at. Step out of your seat.